Thank you, Tim. Why don't we bow our heads as we pray, as we get set to hear this, this word. Lord Jesus, as you've been teaching our hearts, one, to love and to serve, now we're going to get it into some meat and potatoes, what it is to be forgiven and to live in that forgiveness. And Lord, uh, you know that some who are here in this sanctuary have experienced some tremendous hurts, and some have caused some tremendous hurts. And so I would pray that you would use this time, Lord, to speak directly to them and let them know that in the midst of this conversation and this reflection, you are, you are right there, a God of love, a God of mercy, a God of compassion, a God whispering, saying, I'm here, I love you, I came to serve you, and I've forgiven you. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. A little bit more of a, a somber tone today as we, as we continue in this uh, four-week sermon series on, on teaching the heart. Um, today we're going to talk about probably the hardest words that any human language has to share with another person. And those hardest words are the phrase, I, I forgive you. Those can be harder than the phrase, I love you. It can be harder than any other conversation. I, I forgive you can be so hard because a lot of the times it comes with having to unload this hurt, this harm, this baggage, if you would, that we carry with us. And, and to be able to look someone in the eye that's caused that pain uh, and say, I forgive you, and to actually truly mean it uh, is the hardest words for any one of us to speak, but can I also say it's probably the most important words for any of us to share and to, to hear and to, to receive. So uh, we're going to get into things like, Pastor, you mean I should forgive that spouse who's been unfaithful? You mean I should forgive the drunk who killed my child in an automobile accident? Whatever your situation is, you mean I should forgive them? And I'm saying yes. Because to not do so is to burden our heart in a, in a way that can cause us more harm than good. And, and we just saw in a beautiful illustration as the girls were dancing how they were able to step free and, and not be burdened by shame or, or sin and just to just dance freely in the presence of our Lord. And that's what God wants us to do. He doesn't want hurt and harm and, and anger and malice and bitterness and rage to, to chain us and to change us in a negative way. He wants to set our hearts free and, and to give us the gift of forgiveness. But we are human beings living on this side of paradise, and we continue to hurt, and we continue to receive hurt. So how do we navigate this storm that is called life until Jesus invites us into his presence uh, when we are with him in paradise? You and I have the ability to alienate one another. You and I have the ability to harbor resentment, and Jesus is saying, I have a better way. I have a better way. And so what I'm going to be doing over the next uh, little bit is I'm going to use a familiar Bible story, a parable of an unmerciful servant, and you may have heard this several times, and I'm going to tie it into this idea of the prayer that we pray every, every week we gather for church in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who or are our debtors. I'm using that word specifically as, as we'll get into what that means a little later. Forgive our debts as we forgive those, our debtors. Right. But here we go. 
The Bible tells us through Scripture in Luke of a man that racked up a serious amount of debt. Tremendous amount of debt. So much so that a king called him to account. And the king says, where's the payment that you owe me? We're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of about a million dollars worth of debt. No way this individual could pay it back. And so what do you do when you're in that situation, when you are (laughs) so overwhelmed by debt, so overwhelmed in, in the things that you've done? That you have to look at the person who's calling you out and saying, I can't pay. I, I, I cannot pay. And, and I pray, I pray you, great Lord or King, I, I pray you would just be, be, be merciful to me. Would you, would you consider my children? Would you consider what it would mean if, if, you, if you send me away to prison and, and, you, and you make me have to suffer the consequences for some? I, I cannot pay. I just physically cannot do it. I could work all day, every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I'll never be able to repay this debt. Would you, would you please just have mercy and compassion on me? Would you, would you please not throw me into jail? Would you please not... Make me answer for my crime here. The king in all his right and all his glory. And in his rule, in his reign, he could say, you're done. If I forgive you, then I have to forgive everybody else. So off with you. But in the parable of Luke, he doesn't do that. The king doesn't worry about setting a precedence. He, he looks at this man with a heart of mercy, a heart of compassion, who knows that he cannot pay his debt. And rather than throw him in prison, he just says, you know what? You don't even have to pay a single cent back. I'm going to just clear the books. Go. Live. Just, just go and live. Just go and live. You're free. The debt is completely gone. It's, uh, it's just uh, amazing. I, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've been in so much debt and then someone says, don't worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. He's been forgiven. And it takes us to a prayer that you and I pray each and every, every week. Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who hold that are our debtors. Um... Do you mean that word when you pray it? Lord, forgive us our trespasses as you forgive those who trespassed against us. You remember probably about three months ago, I was carrying around this trash can, and I said, that's what we do with our hurts and our harms as we carry this around with us. And, and Jesus is saying, no, I want you to, to let it go. Forgive our debts, Lord, forgive our trespasses. Whatever word you use there, uh, it really seriously means debt. And just stop and think about the sins that you committed this morning before you came to church. And then, then reflect back on the sins that you committed yesterday. Can you count them? Two days ago, a week ago, a year ago, a lifetime ago, can you count all of them? 
And do you know what Jesus has done for us? You and I could have very easily said, Lord, there's no way we could, we could pay this. And, and that's what he's inviting us to do. He says, no, you cannot repay it. And so I sent my son to pay the debt, the debt price for you. We, his beautiful ones, his children, the ones that have sinned, the ones that have basically said, Lord, the way we live our life shows and betrays that, that you are not our God and, and we want to be our own God. And every thought, every word, every deed that goes against our, you, uh, Lord, is a crime against you. And we should be punished and we should be held accountable and we will be given a time and a place where we're going to have to give that account. On this side of paradise, you've given us a way out. You've said, Father, forgive them. They know what they, not what they do. And here's what I'm afraid some people are going to try and do. There are those of us that have repentant hearts that recognize right now because of what Jesus has done and because of the Holy Spirit working in our hearts that we do need to ask God for forgiveness, that we have committed crimes through our thoughts, through our words, through our deeds against our Lord, and we desperately need a Savior. And there are those who have want nothing to do with a Savior. But the Scripture is pretty clear. At the end times, there, every knee will bow and every knee will worship our Lord and recognize that he is God. And I pray for those that do not have a faith in Scripture and, or in, in Jesus. I, I'm praying right now that God would just change their hearts because they are not going to be given the opportunity to say, I messed up. By then it's going to be too late. Because God's perfect justice and God's perfect rule and reign, is that there's going to be judgment and they will be forever separated from our Heavenly Father. There's not going to be a time for us to get a do-over. There's no mulligans once we get to heaven. There's not going to be an opportunity for us to say, oh, you know, (laughs) you gave me 80 years of life on earth and and I know I didn't want anything to do with you and and I could care less who you were, but now that I see that you're real, (laughs) if you just let me into heaven, uh, I, I, I promise I'll be a good person. It's not going to happen. They will experience and, and we will experience judgment. For those of us that have been clothed with Christ's blood and, and, and righteousness, God's not going to see our sins. He's chosen to remember us against that no more. But those that want nothing to do with him, there is no forgiveness. And so what are we going to do with this gift that God has given us? We, we look to the cross and we're like, wow, Lord, thank you so much for, for what you've done. Thank you. Thank you. Help us live in light of that forgiveness. But it doesn't stop there. You see, Jesus has given us a gift of his forgiveness. He has given us welcome. He has given us an opportunity to step freely across the bridge of our, or the chasm of our sin into his presence and, and be with him eternally. And in response to that, he wants us to be faithful and loving and forgiving. Can you and I be thankful for the fact that we have a a gracious king who does not hold our our sins against us, who does not hold our our wrongdoings that we've done to him, our crimes against him, against us? I pray we are. Because scripture says it this way, 
He's forgiven all of our sins. He's canceled the written law that's against us, all of its regulations, all of its penalties. He's canceled it. He's not holding it against us anymore. He's been that merciful king, and we get to live in it right now. But the parable of the unmerciful servant continues. This man that had been forgiven so much sees a neighbor. Basically the equivalent of me, I borrowed maybe the lawnmower and didn't return it or uh, broke it. Not a big deal. It can be fixed, it can be repaired. You wronged me, he says to his neighbor. And I'm going to hold you to account, he says to his neighbor. Could you, could you give me a break here? Uh, it's been a hard time. No, you wronged me. You've done me harm, and I want you to pay the price, and I want to make sure that the whole world knows how wrong, the wrong that you've committed to me, and, and, and you're, you're done. You're, you're going to prison. Yeah. Well, the king gets word of that. You unmerciful, wicked servant. I've forgiven you much, and you cannot forgive your neighbor a small debt. You cannot. You consider everything that I have given you, and you cannot forgive a wrongdoing to you. Be done. And until you can pay every penalty, any penny of this, you are done. And so the guy finds himself now in debtor's prison, no longer able to ask for God's mercy. My prayer is that we do not do that when we've been harmed or wronged. And I know it's big for me to ask that, but God expects us of it. He expects us to forgive. When we consider how much we have been forgiven, he expects it. It's not fair, right? There has been so many things that you may have experienced that are wrong. You may have experienced some pretty damaging, traumatic stuff. And God is saying, I still want you to forgive. And, and, and this is why. When we harbor that anger, when we harbor that resentment, when we harbor that bitterness and that malice, we're giving the person who wronged us power over us. They may not even realize the hurt or the harm that they've caused anymore. When you see them, you remember every hurt. They see you and they're like, who are you? They don't remember. And yet it's still changing you on the inside. It's toxic. It's changing who you are as a person. And God's saying, I want you to be free of that. I don't want you to harbor that anymore. I've forgiven you much. Just, just let that go. Let me have it. We know from what I've been saying, there will be a time of judgment. We let God judge. We don't hold the standard. We just say, Lord, as, as hard as this is, you tell me uh, that if someone uh, needs to be forgiven, you, that you expect it that I would. And that's what he's asking us to do. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven those who are our debtors. Lord, help us to do that. And, and the, the greatest distance between being able to say that and believing it in our heart is from here to here. God through the Holy Spirit and what he says, look what I've done for you on the cross and look at how much I'm, I love you. I want you to say the hardest words it is to say to that person. I want you to say, I forgive you. 
I'm not telling you that you need to do life with them over and, and keep walking them into your, your, your life situation. I'm just saying, do not hold it against them anymore. Just say, I forgive you. And you may have to do it this way. You may have to say, Lord, I want to forgive, but I don't know how. And so help me to do that. Help me believe it, move it from here to my heart and hold on to that. But Lord, I'm leaning into you here. I know I can't do it on my own. I need your help. I need your Holy Spirit to help me. And how do we get that help? We gather in places like this for worship. We are reminded on a regular basis of what it is to be forgiven. Uh, We ask God each and every time we gather for forgiveness. You hear those sweet words, your sins are forgiven. And in just a few moments, a little later in our worship service, you are going to be able to taste and receive that forgiveness. That's actual forgiveness. God saying, I'm right here with you. I have forgiven you. I want you to live a transform and change life and forgive and not hold that wrongdoing against somebody. Just be free from it. And I realize it's a hard thing for you and I for us to do because it does not come natural to us. But God who makes all things possible through the power of his Holy Spirit, can work that forgiveness in it. And remember, forgiveness is not forgetting that they've hurt us. Forgiveness is choosing to not hold the wrong against them. It's a choice that we have to make. Just like we choose to love, we choose to serve, we get to choose to forgive because God has chosen us. And we get to do some pretty powerful things and and give witness uh, to it. Uh, And and so that's what we're going to do. We are going to come to the foot of the cross, and we're going to recognize all that Jesus has done for us. We're going to receive communion and hear those words again, this is my body and my blood that's been shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And we're going to say, Lord, thank you for changing my heart and transforming me, and and I pray that you just help me go out and and live in light of the forgiveness that you've given me, that I would not hold the wrongdoings of others uh, against me, against them. We get to live forgiven. We get to live out sharing Christ and serving our community by forgiving others. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, I know that was a little bit heavy and and, and hard. I want to go back to this board, if you could. So, is there a way to shine a light again? Thank you very much. All right. So, we've had a number of uh, opportunities taken over the last couple of weeks to to love and to serve and, and, and maybe uh, maybe you're not going to put forgiveness up there, but maybe you're going to be inspired after worship to write down uh, in your heart, I'm forgiving uh, a wrongdoing, and, and we can put it up there. But what I love is uh, our early childhood program. They saw this, uh, some adults doing this work, and they wanted to have a, a piece of the uh, opportunity to love and, and serve, and so they came in with bigger hearts, right? Because our, early ch- our kids have big hearts. Uh, and and this is what I love. You got drawings of, of little ones playing with their friends, of loving and helping my mom, of eating my dinner when my mom told me to, <laughs> cleaning my sister's bedroom, helping grandpa out of his chair. You see how simple these acts of love are? It's not, it's not anything that's hard to do. It's just us saying, you know what? I see you. I see you and we're doing life together and I want to love you. I want to love you. 
And that's what I'm gonna encourage you to do. That's what we're doing here as we teach the heart. We're loving, we're serving, we're forgiving, and next week, we're gonna invite. Uh, and so I look forward to sharing that, that word with you of what it is to invite. It's gonna be early childhood roundup. It's just gonna be a lot of fun to see what the little kids are doing some more. Uh, but with that, uh, let's go ahead and go to our Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, again, I pray that through the power of the cross and through the power of those sweet words of I've forgiven you, that you would help us, reminding us that you've taught our hearts. Uh, Lord, you've given us the greatest gift of all, that you are not holding our wrongdoings against us. So we pray, Lord, for the ability to do that with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.